Thank you for tuning in to the Modern Day Overthinker podcast. My name is Colin, and I'm your host. This week's episode is with Quinn Sandberg. Quinn and I have known each other for about 10 years now, at least. And she came over, and we had pizza, and we talked for three hours. We talked about all kinds of stuff, but as far as the podcast goes and what I wanted you to hear, we talked about autism, depression, therapy, social anxiety, and many, many other things. Like I said, we talked for three hours, so I didn't make the episode three hours long because there was a lot of stuff that we just went out in left field and talked about all kinds of random things. So didn't want to bore you with those extra details and wanted to stay on topic as much as possible for you and share a little bit of Quinn's story and her insights into her world. This was a fun episode to record because I got to catch up with the friend. And one thing I've realized a lot especially since the pandemic, there's not a whole lot of one-on-one conversations that are had just about life in general. And this podcast gives me an excuse to at least do that once a week. So I'm grateful for that. And this episode's dropping a little late in the day, but like I said, there was a lot of edits. I wanted to make sure I gave you the meat and potatoes of this podcast And I hope you enjoy it. Share it with a friend. Like, subscribe, comment, do all that good stuff. Make sure you also tune in next week for another new episode of the Modern Day Overthinker podcast. For now, enjoy this episode with Quinn Sandberg. I can't take you seriously. Um, Well, just won't look at you. I'll just stare at the wall. Just whatever, whatever works best for you. Uh, But yeah, Quinn volunteered to be on the podcast, and uh, we wanted to talk about a couple different things. First off, uh, Quinn, uh, you're not originally from the quad cities i know a lot of my listeners are from the quad cities but you've been in the quad cities since college right basically or before well, that i was born here but I moved you're born away. here and moved away and moved back mm-hmm. came back for college so it's been like 10 years quick segue to get into what we wanted to talk about for the episode i know we wanted to talk about cause not a lot of people are well-versed in autism in general as far as like understanding it i'm still learning about it 
the world's still learning about it. I don't even know what's it. going on, and I have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when were you? When did you find out that? Oh, this is what's going on. Well, I mean, like I know I've always been like yeah, a little put a label different. On it. Yeah, but I mean, I had never been diagnosed with anything, and then I don't know, like. 2020 everyone's bored everyone's downloading tiktok and i just see a bunch of tiktoks about it and i'm like well i'm not gonna self-diagnose myself because that's dangerous but like maybe i should go talk to someone about something because i just know that there's like just parts of me that are off and uh so i found out last year actually is when i finally decided to go get checked out it sounds so gross get checked out (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah i went and saw a doctor and she just asked me a bunch of questions and turns out I'm on the spectrum. So that's cool. It's helped me understand a lot more about myself and why I am the way I am. Give you more self-awareness. Mm-hmm. It's also helped my parents because they, they, like, they just, things make sense now, like for like, like oh. raising me and like growing up and they're like, we knew you were like weird, but like, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. They were just like, yeah. Quinn's a little different. She's got some weird sensory aversions that we can't really describe or like help people understand. They're like, don't feed her grapes. She will vomit. Doesn't like the texture. Oh. It's like weird stuff like that. Like I've got a lot of really, really extreme sensory aversions that. What are some, what are ones besides grapes? Well, like, okay. So we were talking about winter coats earlier. Yeah. Like I can't have anything that's like too constricting on my body. Like I like it makes my skin crawl almost. Like it's weird, and then um, it's like a sensory overload. I feel like I need to have like flowy clothes on. Like I've always worn like super large t-shirts and sweatshirts. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but I never yeah, have anything have. tight on. I don't know. It's like weird I didn't stuff, know that like, there was a reason behind that. Well, though. yeah, some people wear. I know, just... but like it just makes more sense now, and like, but it it like tight clothes distract me so much that I like can't pay attention to other things going on because I'm constantly picking and stretching them out and everything. Like, yeah, it's too much. Do you have anything with like claustrophobia? Um, type thing or is is that what you could compare it to? Not, I mean, I could compare it to that, I guess, but I'm not claustrophobic. Like, I mean, like, I fly all the time. I don't mind like people being like that close to me and like in a tight space like that. Like elevators don't bother me or anything. Okay. Like it's like just physically but touching your my skin. It's like the skin, like the skin. texture thing okay. almost. Got it. Got it. Are there and certain materials you like, stay away from? Or um, no? Not really, but I like, I mean like most people I like softer things, right. but like there's nothing that Fair. I'm like, I cannot wear that material. <laughs> okay. Um, and then there's like a lot of like foods and like textures of foods that I like really don't like, like my body, like it won't allow me to swallow it. <laughs> it's like, don't like that. Spit it out. Okay. And it's like most people, if they don't like something, they can just like move past it. But for me, I'm like, nope. Just yeah. Do it. So grapes are definitely one of them. What's another mm-hmm. food? Um, I don't know. It's hard to think of on the top of my head. I guess like really dry bread. Okay. Like I don't like anything that's like dry or scratchy. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to think of. I just know what I like and don't like, I guess. I really like crunchy foods. Okay. That's your go-to. It's very soothing. Crunchy foods. Mm -hmm. Are you a big ASMR person? No. I feel like that's weird and it freaks me out. It freaks me out too. Thank you. All right. (laughs) That's good. That's good. (laughs) I guess I start like tapping the microphone. (laughs) 
it's so weird. But they're so popular on TikTok. I know. I don't know what the draw. I is. like satisfying stuff, but not that. I, uh-uh. I like me a good like, uh, like a good remodel of something or like somebody. There's this. Have you seen the uh, this Irish dude that read does tools? I forget mm. remember what his name is on TikTok. His um, so. not only does he redo tools and like refinish them, like he finds like old like like an old saw and like takes the rust off of it, redoes the handle and makes it look mm. like new. That's satisfying to me. And also he has the coolest Irish accent. So it's like oh, double double the satisfaction. Double the satisfaction. And he just a, seems like a nice lad because he says lad a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I uh my TikTok's all like organizing Ooh, cleaning yeah. hacks. You told me once that your for you page is all fridge organization. <laughs> yeah. I do like yeah, there's a lot of that too. Organization. It's cuz I try to motivate it's to help motivate myself. And uh it hasn't helped a lot. Uh, it's helped me a lot with like cleaning hacks and like being more productive while cleaning because I feel like yeah. I like focus on like one thing for way too long. And then I'm like, well, I haven't really gotten anything accomplished, but I have like gotten rid of all the dust on this shelf. There's not one this piece one of dust shelf. left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like just hyper fix it on. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I like, I don't know, my TikTok's good with like cleaning hacks and stuff like that keep me on task and like people rip on tiktok but the for you page is very scary weird like inaccurate mm-hmm. and i have three different ones so i have three different for you pages that are almost all the same now because they figured it out yeah they're like this is the same person it's the same dude <laughs> and it's not like i have it on there i have three of them because i'm just like a weirdo but i have i have but since I do comedy, that one's more just like me. Mm-hmm. Um, Modern Day Overthinker one is me, but it's more serious me and talking mm-hmm. about like issues and what's going on in my head. And then there's the, the hip hop one, which is I was doing really, that one has the most followers. And that's the one I was doing the most because there was producers and like other artists that would be like, hey, do at this and rap like eight bars or 16 mm-hmm. bars or whatever. I'm like, oh, I can do that. I can't write a song to save my life right now, but I can do that. Yeah, just like a couple seconds worth. You're like, I got this. I can hammer this out real quick. But yeah, so I did a lot of those and I developed quite a following because of that. But then I fell off that and then I was like doing comedy and. um, It's hard to juggle that stuff because I feel like not like those the three topics aren't really that related either. So I want to intermingle. The one or the other with modern day overthinker yeah i mean like i feel like it'd be easy to mix comedy with it yeah i mean a lot of a lot of mental stuff is like joking about things too i feel like that's how a lot of people cope with things it is it is and we were talking about therapy earlier and a lot of comedians use comedy and use the stage as their therapy as a therapeutic outlet Mm-hmm. And you know, you as a bartender, you're an old school therapist. Uh, I, I described it as like the OG therapist because before there was therapists, people would just go to the bar and talk to the bartender. Some people mm-hmm. obviously still do that yeah. because it's 
cheaper and more comfortable. I know a lot of personal details about yeah, people. Yeah, people, like, people just tell you stuff. Yeah. It's the liquid courage. They're like, she'll listen. She has to be She here. has to. Yeah. She wants a tip. Well, and I don't, I don't mind listening. I'm an empathetic yeah. person by nature. So, like, I don't know. When I want to talk about things, which it's hard for me to talk about things in general. But, like, when I want to listen or when I want to talk, I want someone that wants to listen. So, so you like, get that. Yeah. yeah. So, I feel like I try to be that person for some people. And you also just have people that are going to get drunk and act obnoxious and crazy. So yeah. that's why I mostly work during the day anymore. Yeah, because then you can like, like shoot the out. shit. Yeah, your... I just get paid to hang out with retired people rather than deal with drunk 22-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Learn a lot of stuff. And they tip better. Mm-hmm. They have more money. <laughs> yeah, they're retired. <laughs> yeah, drunk 22-year-olds. Ugh. We've all been there. <laughs> all been there. Yeah, because when you started bartending, you were bartending at, you know, you were doing weekend stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're like, that's where that's the money's, where money's at. at. Yeah. I'm like, I'm young and poor also, and I would like to be the drunk 22-year-old every once in a while, but I have to be able to afford that, so I got to work the busy shifts. Yeah. To do that. But not anymore. That sounds exhausting. Yeah. I didn't work at a lot of busy bars myself. I worked at a lot of bars that had restaurant like bar I was serving and bartending at the same time. Mm-hmm. And most of the places I worked at didn't get too crazy busy. If you've made it this far, then why are you not following or subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform? And if you are already, I appreciate it. And make sure you leave a review if you have not done so already. Okay, back to it. I don't know. It's interesting how people process things, too, because you get to watch that. Especially, like, happy hour crowd. Like, when it's not so busy, you actually have time to, like, stop and listen to people and have, like, a real conversation with them. And, like, some of the things people say, I'm like, that is not how I would have handled that. But here we are. Yeah. Yeah, you can... Do people ask you for advice, though? Or do they just I, listen? Yeah, I mean, sometimes. sometimes. I always tell them, I'm like, I I would not take my advice, but this is how I see it. Yeah. Because I'm like, disclaimer. <laughs> like, just disclaimer, this is not... Yeah, this... Um, like... This is not medical advice. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm not a licensed therapist. Yeah. But... Here's a suggestion... Like, this is just you picking my brain, but I'm not telling you to go out and do this. Yeah. I could be wrong, but... I might make your life ten times worse, but yeah. you asked, so... True. Yeah, I feel like if they ask and you're not just out there giving unsolicited advice... Yeah, I mean, I'm not ever trying to tell anyone what to do. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm doing, so... Yeah, that's how I feel. I'm just like... I can help if you ask, but yeah, there's no guarantees. Like there's people who ask me for advice pretty often. Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Have you ever, I mean, obviously you said people ask you for advice all the time. Like you can't change the way how someone's going to react to something though. Like they might ask for advice, but that doesn't mean they're going to do it the way that you suggest. Like they're still going to do whatever they want to do. 
Yeah. So that's why I try to not offer advice. All the all the people much. who ask me uh, are typically ones that respect me enough to at least consider it. Yeah, like hear you out. Yeah. Just so that they're not in their own head. But yeah. I don't know. People at bars are just yeah, drunk, di- drunk and Im- like very impulse-related. Different, <laughs> different scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find people trying to like set you up with other people at the bar? What do you mean? Like, I like this girl at the end of the bar. Or is that like a thing? Um... Not really. I mean, I Not feel anymore, like... Not anymore, probably, no. but with your crowd now, but... But, um, I think it's just because, like, drinking is just, like, so normal anymore that, like, people already know who everyone in the bar is. Good point. Like, You I work mean, in places with a lot of regulars. So. Yeah, because, I mean, like, you've been in bars before. Like, you know that, like, when you walk in, you're going to know a bunch of people that are there. Yeah, I was a bar rat for a while. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Like, you know how it is. Everyone already knows each other. Yeah, True. Or one of their friends knows them, and they're not going to ask for the bartender's help. They'll just ask their friend to introduce them, you know? Good point. I was just curious. I was surprised by that until I, like, got used to the bar culture around here, though. Because I really thought that it was going to be more of a thing. Like, like you see in movies, like... I know. that. Well, that's, like, my only, yeah, my only bar that, interaction was through that, movies. Send that lady a drink at the end of the bar. Yeah, you hardly ever get that. It's... Like, just groups of people congregate, and then someone's like, I'm getting this round. Yeah. But it's never, like, from two different sides of the bar, like, get that girl a drink. Yeah. Chivalry's also, like, pretty much dead, so. (laughs) Yeah. At least around here. It's, uh... You're not gonna find it at the bar, that's for Mm -mm. sure. I feel like anymore if like someone wanted to like buy a girl a drink and like do it like they do in the movies she'd be like weirdo she'd be like you <laughs> yeah you creep <laughs> yeah ick. the x tiktok mm-hmm. yep. i keep seeing that trend i'm just like some like of these making are, my palms sweat talking about it I, some of these are really cringy a lot of them are actually the expectations are so different now. I don't know. Yeah, like when it comes to what women want out of a relationship and what men want out of a relationship, um, it's tough because some. I feel like people have unrealistic expectations and they forget like this person's a human being. Mm-hmm. Like they are gonna have some flaws. They're not gonna be your cookie cutter person you mean i'm not gonna find a guy straight out of a nicholas sparks novel (laughs) no okay i mean you might i don't know shit and it hasn't happened yet so (laughs) hasn't happened yet i guess i won't hold my breath yeah (laughs) um i mean don't settle just because you haven't found that but i don't know well I was watching the trash TV all day and some girl was like, know your worth and add tax. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah. And then I'm like, no, maybe not. Cause that'll set your expectations too high, but definitely know your worth. <laughs> yeah. Definitely know your worth. Don't like settle for some scumbag, but like at the same time, like be a little realistic. Mm-hmm. There's like a fine line. I yeah. don't know. 
Yeah, because I've definitely caught myself settling for less before, and I've I feel also like caught people my- do it out of loneliness. They're yeah, like, you do it out of loneliness. I've also ca- yeah, I've also caught myself having ridiculous expectations mm-hmm. uh, of. Pe- Usually it's of myself, but of other people I have them too, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like 90% of the time, mentally, I have like really high expectations. And then I always find myself like settling. And I'm like, why do I do that to myself? Like, um, it's like I hype myself up and I'm like, this will (laughs) do. Oh, for men? Yeah. Oh, and you're just like, eh. They like me. I like them. That's good enough. Or just, yeah. Like, I feel like I have, like, all these boxes that I want checked just for, like, like a partner. And then I'm like, mm, he made me laugh, like, twice, so this is it for me. <laughs> We're in love. We're in love. I'm like, I'm like, I need to focus. <laughs> I'm like a little squirrel out here. Yeah. I can't focus. Yeah, and as a, well, I guess we talked about that earlier. As a bartender, obviously, as you get hit on quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like overwhelming for my little peanut brain. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I can't sift through all of them. Yeah. So what do you, do you just kind of like, how do you approach that? Obviously you don't want to be an asshole. If, yeah. I mean, I like, want- I like politely ignore people. Yeah. And if they're like persistent enough then I'm like, okay, we can be friends. We'll start from there. And I feel like that's how a lot of like my friendships with men start. And I'm like, maybe I should stop meeting men in the bar. That's probably my main problem. Yeah. That used to be be the thing, but now it's a lot of toxicity. So. Yeah, it is. I never had a good relationship uh, start out of a bar. Out of a restaurant, though, when, that I was bartending at, I don't think I've ever told this story on the podcast. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Secrets are coming out. <laughs> it's not really a secret. It's it's something I haven't talked about on the podcast. It's cool. It's actually the cool... One of my favorite stories... One of the my favorite s- things that's ever happened to me... It's like top five, um, especially when it comes to dating. Um, I don't have a lot of cool stories when it comes to dating. So the, I was bartending um, at a restaurant that it no longer exists anymore called Driftwood. Oh, yeah. I remember that place. Yeah. And uh, there was a what I thought a cu- was a couple, but I could. No, they were they were on a first date. I think I I think I figured that out pretty quickly. Um, and I don't remember if they were sitting at the bar the whole night or if they did like a nightcap type of thing. This is a very blurry area of my life. So, yeah. <laughs> um, what I like, happened? I feel like what, bartending stage in anyone's life is a very blurry stage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, except for the stage like you're at, you're just kind of at the chill stage. Of I know, I'm like, I'm just, I know that I'm on my way out. I'm just like coasting on the happy hour money until I figure out what I want to do with my life. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But uh, they had dinner and had drinks after. And, and I served them at the bar. 
And as they were leaving, um, I was like, "What is that smile? I know it's about to get really good." <laughs> so, well, because this, this story makes me happy because it makes me uh, uh, it, it validates me. Uh, so, as they were leaving, so, so, I don't know how she finagled it, but the guy walked out first, and as she was leaving, she slipped me her number. When she was on a date, she was leaving. When the date. she was on a date, she's slipping her number, and it was like, "Hey, if you're sing, if you're single, call me or whatever." And I was like, "This shit doesn't happen to me yeah. ever." That, that guy was probably. He was actually like, he, he there was there actually he was a really nice guy. Yeah, he was probably boring to her. She's like, yeah, bartender, he, more fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was definitely in. Uh, yeah, he's like, this guy knows how to party. Um, and That's what I'm saying. I was like, he's probably boring, like just a genuinely nice guy. And she's like, mm, no, bartender seems way more fun. Yeah, and I was goofing around, joking around. Yeah. And um, it's that charming smile. It's the charming smile. Mm-hmm. I was. Uh, Did you call her? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not right away though. My friends were like, "Don't do it right away. Don't do it right away. You don't look like, you don't look desperate." Yeah, not too eager. That's why that guy got ditched on way out of the date. Wait, what? No, the guy that like oh, she yeah. was with. He, like, was, he was yeah, probably he, he too, was too eager. E- he was too eager. Yeah. This is something I'll never forget and an interesting story. So I thought I'd leave it in the podcast for you. Yeah, that's like the extra thing. It's like not just getting a phone number from someone. It was just the way it happened. Yeah, I was like. You're like, I've been third wheeling your date all night, and then you're going to leave me <laughs> your number because I was your bartender. Yeah. Because that's how I feel whenever like people are like out on a date, and I'm like hanging like out with them. I'm yeah. like, I'm your little third wheel that also is getting paid, yeah. and I'm making your drinks. But Yeah, I didn't even feel anything any way about it. I'm mean, like, yeah, obviously. I thought it's she- fun being like a fly on the wall, though. You're yeah. like, oh, yeah. you're inviting me in on your date. Yeah, and seeing and how like, it goes. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. You'd never like like your mom or like friends sit in on a first date, but I get to. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect that. I was not expecting that to happen. I didn't know she was into me, but I also don't know when 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 women are into me most of the time because I'm just clueless. Yeah, just the way I, I feel am. like pretty much everyone is really, for the most part. Like, do you ever really talk to someone and they're like, "Oh, this person is like feeling me right now"? Like, yeah, really. I know people like that. <sighs> The confidence that must be so nice. <laughs> yeah, we don't have that apparently. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I I know people like that that can just pick up on that. Yeah, you got to be like really direct with me, otherwise I have no idea what is happening. <laughs> that's all I am too, and, um, and I think that's why I like respond to a lot of things with sarcasm because I'm like I'm not exactly sure how to read this, but if I respond with like a joke or sarcasm, yeah. people are like, well, I don't even know what she's talking about anymore. <laughs> And then we're all confused. <laughs> then we're all confused. <laughs> yep, yep. I definitely know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's happened to me so many times. Um, but yeah, that was. I I, I respect the directness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would like to be more direct about that. Communication is just so is so important. I've been working on communication a lot in the last year because I've yeah. found that I'm like not good at it at all. I thought I was good at it because of like bartending. I'm constantly yeah. communicating yeah. with people, but I'm not. That's only one part. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not communicating like directly. Like I'm having nonsense conversations. It doesn't mean that I can talk about anything real with like substance, you know, to people that I care about. That's one thing I noticed 
after you know I got into recovery and started meeting people and were like you know I go to meetings where people talk about real shit and I met a lot of people that are that just will just like openly talk about deep stuff that's going on in our life I'm like and I talk and I think about like conversations I used to have with my friends I'm like we never talked about any of this mm-hmm like the thought of doing that like makes me want to like crawl out of my skin almost like I'm just not at that level of communicating with people that I can just like open up and tell anyone anything like watching people do that freaks me out a little bit yeah but I, I admire it and I respect it but it's still I'm just yeah. like oh my god I've gotten so comfortable with it. I've made a decision to be more open for me and just for anybody else that can relate. Because the more I am open, the more I, I don't know. I just feel like more connected and people respond to it. And I get a lot of good feedback when I, when people notice that I'm, you know, being authentic and mm-hmm. just being me and just sharing what's going on, like that episode I did by myself, like which was not planned. Um, I everybody's been like, that's like one of my favorite episodes that you've done so far, and I'm like, that was a half episode. That wasn't even a like mm-hmm. a, that was just an off the cuff. Because you're I was like, this like, could be exciting, but I don't know what'll happen. Yeah. You know, you're like, and I, I've done once, uh, one or two solos before, and they weren't very long. Um, and I had planned to do the solos a little bit more. This one, I was just like, I was just like, there's, I have to put on an episode today. So rather than like ten bullet points, you had three, and you're like, well, this will work. <laughs> I had zero. Really? Oh, you just nothing. Absolutely nothing. I Theo Von that whole podcast. <laughs> just whatever came to your mind, just say it. Not as goofy and funny, but <laughs> No, but still. I mean I feel like it's I just just did raw, just did the whole I was just like uh, this is I'm just dumping. Yeah, I'm just and that's, talk about what's going on. It's crazy to me because like I can do that when I'm having a conversation with someone, but I don't think I could just like it was, sit and like just speak into a microphone. I had to put myself in a headspace where I had to remind myself, like act like somebody's right mm-hmm. there, like because well, yeah, and I mean, like you do comedy, listening. so like it's not like you're having a conversation with them. So you, like you're used to just speaking, but like me without I'm, without a response. Yeah, yeah. Well. Sometimes there's a laugh there. Oh, yeah, you, you get the occasional laugh when you do comedy. How crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. <laughs> when it I actually, think you're funny. Thank you. When it actually, yeah, there's times where it's like where you are just talking to yourself. Do, you, the, do you ever have the jokes that you're like, this one's going to land for sure, and then it's just silence. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. God, that would just shatter oh, me. It's the worst. I think I would just immediately melt into a puddle, like, like out of like a sci-fi movie. It's like, the just, worst, nope. or just you don't time it right, or, or you're at the broken saddle and nobody's paying attention. Because everyone there is broken sad. I, yeah. <laughs> It's, That's why they have to have comedy nights to up the morale in there. Well, the thing about the broken saddle is, and I will always have respect for the broken saddle because I've done so many open mics there, and it really helped me get 
better and become a better comedian and get more get my reps in practice mm-hmm. but it's uh people love their karaoke there people show up early it's like shoulder they, to shoulder they show up that early and we're bar. interrupting karaoke yeah <laughs> yeah no it's like real like, deal what like they do the karaoke i think i can't remember if it's on fridays or saturday nights. they almost do it every day now yeah it's, but it's like one of the weekend nights where it's already busy in general and yeah, that Saturday place is like yeah and it's shoulder to shoulder and i'm like i don't even want to be here because it's already like this... i don't like being like con- like touched like that yeah. like in the summer i was there and it was like the hottest day of the year it was a saturday it was miserable and their ac was out Mm-mm. nope i was outside most of the time because it was like by the time i got to be nighttime I if i was the bartender i would have walked out and been like sorry don't need the job that bad yeah <laughs> i don't like being hot at all it's yeah it's uncomfortable yeah like especially like sweat it's like, icky <laughs> <laughs> Well, you said you like to hang out by the pool, though. Oh, yeah, but I have to... Part of my body has to be in the water. Keep me cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you don't just straight up lay out? Oh, God, no. That's so hot. Sweaty. Icky. Okay. <laughs> Slimy. So you're not a sauna person? No, definitely not. I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack every time I get into a sauna. I've been a sauna I've tried to like it. Like, I do try to like things. Like, I don't just write something off after one experience. Like, I try things multiple times. But yeah, sauna, I'm like, I try to try things that, like, I don't think I like. Like, once a year, like, coleslaw is another, because we were talking about foods earlier. Oh, yeah. I want to like coleslaw. I should like it on paper. You did do a post about coleslaw on Facebook. I would rather fist fight a gorilla. Yeah, I was like, what is her beef with coleslaw? Because every ingredient in it I love. So on yeah. paper, I would love coleslaw. Hate it. The combination. Them together. It. Yeah. And it's like, it, it just reminds me of like the juices at the bottom of a dumpster kind of. Yeah. Which is weird because I love everything in it. I should never think of it like that, but that's how it. Disrespectful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't love coleslaw that much. I like it, but also I'm very particular about it. Yeah, I know a lot of people that are like, you just haven't had the right there's coleslaw. Some, and I'm like, bad, I've, I've tried so many There's some bad slaw out there, that's for sure. But if you've been in the machine shed, they got some good slaw. I can tell you that right now. I, I love like vinegary foods, so I should. But nope. But yeah, so sauna, I try like once a year. Can't can't vibe with that. And same with coleslaw and grapes and really dry bread. I couldn't tell you the last time I've been in a sauna. I haven't. They don't have, I, I mean, I've got a Planet Fitness, so there's no sauna there. Um, where do you even run into sauna? The Y? Oh, I don't know. My parents have one in their house, so. Oh, baller. <laughs> one that never gets used except for me probably once a year when I'm like, I'll try the sauna again. Yeah. We also have a bidet, like a real bidet. A real one. That's like, so it's like a little toilet room. It's separate... And then it's it's across you, so you're like looking at the bidet when you're on the toilet. So, yeah, you just, it's weird, though, because I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Like, I like the ones that you get from, like, the TikTok ads where it's already already on the toilet. Yeah, yeah, you're already there. But I used it once, not after I went to the bathroom or anything. I just wanted to use it. And my stepdad was like, I've never even used that. And I've lived in this house for 10 years. I'm like, then why did you have it installed? You built this house. And he's like, I don't know. It just sounded fancy. So, yeah, I don't know. We have a lot of weird stuff that doesn't get used except for by me out of curiosity. (laughs) Yeah. The bidet makes sense. Yeah. It it makes way more sense than what we're doing now. Um, 
what I know. I feel like toilet is. paper is so wasteful. Just rinse it off and call it good. Yeah, it doesn't make <laughs> sense at all. My buddy, my buddy's got a good bidet bit where he rants about bidets. He's a ranting comic. He lo- he loves to go on a good rant. He's actually, um, well, I feel this like epi- that would be my style. I've got a lot of things. Yeah, this episode will re- will release after the one with my buddy Dana. So. I will just say, listen to the episode with Dana because this is coming out after that. Um, good. And Dana, male Dana, he also rants about his name. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can vibe with him on that because everyone oh, assumes yeah, that I'm a boy. Oh, yeah. All the time. Quinn is a boy name, apparently. it's There's a lot more girls now. Way more. But like when I was growing up. It was a male name. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like up until high school, like my locker partner every year in middle school was Brandon Schmidt because Sandberg and Schmidt are next to each other in the alphabet. And they always assumed I was a boy. So I had a boy locker partner, but then I would complain and then I got my own locker. So no partner. But at the same time, you know, in the middle school adolescent mind, you're like, this is the worst. They usually paired girls with girls. Yeah. Yeah. Just because like. I don't know, like everyone's kind of going through puberty, like the whole tampon pad situation. Yeah. You're like, you don't want a boy in your locker. That's embarrassing. Yeah, I'd have been like, what? Get this out of my locker. It's gross. Yeah. <laughs> Ew, she bleeds on those eventually, but they're not bloody yet. Like, why do, Why are you so grossed out by it? It's natural. Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about young Colin. I know. I'm just saying I don't, I don't understand why people it, are grossed out by it. I'm not anymore. I'm weirdly like, don't give a shit. But I'm also thir- in my 30s now, but like... Yeah. But also, like, we didn't get a whole lot of information. Yeah, I think it's just because it's also, like, a sexual organ. Like, if girls bled out of their belly buttons every month for, like, a couple days, guys wouldn't be as grossed out by it. Yes. (laughs) It's the sexual aspect on it. They're like, ew. I think that's right. Um, They're like, I stick my dick in there and there's blood in there right now. Yeah, but as you get older, things like that don't really. It. Well, it's, you know, it's not the end of the world. There's bigger problems. Than, Way bigger problems. Than what's going on anatomically with a girl? Yeah, I'm more concerned on what's going on upstairs. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> yeah. Can she change a tire? I feel like that's an important life skill. I don't really care yeah, what's happening. What are her skills? Like, what can she do? And it doesn't have to be in the kitchen. Can she... But can she make a good sandwich? Because I feel like that is an important life skill. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'll, I'll throw it in there for you. Yep. I, I saw you thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> it is a nice life skill. Who doesn't like a good sandwich? I can make a good sandwich too, but I also used to work at Jimmy John's. So, you know. Oh, there you go. Sandwich artist. You're yeah. up on that level now. Well, Subway was the artist. I was just a... I was a driver. Um, oh, but I, so. but you had to be, I had to be on the line too. That's fair. Um, Did you drive freaky fast? Oh yeah, I actually I took it to the zipping ex- around. I took it to the extreme. I blew stop signs, and I remember um, not often, but sometimes, like if if a, if I had a bunch of orders, mm-hmm. um, I was like, I don't want to, you know, you know. Obviously, the quicker you get there, usually the better tip you get. Yeah, because people are hungry. That's yeah, why people, they're ordering. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I remember one time I, uh, there was a, it was an intersection. I can't remember exactly which one. It was probably like near Gaines. And 
I just straight up blew through this stop sign and I saw this cop <laughs> and uh, a lot of the cops ate at Jimmy John's. Um, oh, God. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if he did for sure if he was one of them, but he looked at me and he like threw his hands up and it's like, what the hell, dude? I don't know. If I were you and I would have got pulled over, I'll be like, do you see this sign on the top of my no, car? No, like, no. do you know our slogan? We are freaky no, fast. I didn't get pulled <laughs> over and I, w- and, I, and I just shrugged. I just like shrugged. I was like, what? Freaky <laughs> like, fast. Point at the sign. You know the drill. Yeah. He got it. Well, you know, whatever. Yeah. But speaking of freaky fast, I know uh, Jimmy John's delivery driver. Um, he's one of my regulars at a bar that I used to work at. And so now when he like delivers my sandwiches to me, he um, like stop and hang out and talk to me for like five to 10 minutes. Cause I'm always, I'm ordering it like to the bar for me to have my own lunch. Yeah. And so he'll like stop and hang out and talk. And I'm like, aren't you supposed to like be getting back to work? Like the whole premise of Jimmy John's is being fast. And now you're keeping other people waiting. He's like, it's fine. It's fine. I ran into a dude uh, and I went on a rant on, on on Twitter about it. Um, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> yeah, uh, I went to Ponchero's the other day. The Ponchero's over on Kimberly, they break my heart every time, but I still go. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It is just well because I order delivery from them too, and that's always messed up. And always. I still do it because the uh, wherever I'm at, like the Utica so one doesn't go as far, so, bro. The queso is so good. It's so good. But uh, I was there and they were had a bu- they had a bunch of orders, uh, delivery orders or pickup orders, DoorDash, mm-hmm. all that stuff just flying out of the printer. And there's like two people working there and they're working as slow as humanly possible. Um, it's because they're miserable. They got <laughs> Oh, I get it. The job sucks. I I totally get. Well, it. and especially when it's busy like that, you just feel like a little robot. You're just like, they weren't going that slow that night. But there has been nights where I'm like, there is no urgency in this place at all. But uh, there there was this guy that he's like, I, he was a Jimmy John's driver, and he placed the order. He must have done it on the app, mm-hmm. like before he went out on his delivery, thinking after his delivery, he would just pick it up and go back mm-hmm. to the store. That is not how it worked out. He was sitting there waiting for a long time. He's like, man, I hope I don't get in trouble over this. Like I, I did this the smart way, preemptively, like you mm-hmm. think. Yeah, I gave myself plenty of time to get here. And I was like, oh man, I hope this guy doesn't lose his job over this. I don't like, think he'd lose his job. Probably not, but. They might be like, don't to, do that ever again. He had but. to wait for quite some time. Yeah, because obviously they knew why. They, he's going to come back with food unless he's mm-hmm. gonna, unless he's smashing it all in the car. I, I feel like Pancheros is really hard to eat in the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they're going to know, like, he stopped. And you're not supposed to do that anyway. They were a little more picky about that when I was there. Uh, that was when... Dan Bush was running and he was very by the by the book. Dan was a Jimmy John's guy? I didn't know that. Yeah. That's how I know Dan. <laughs> Some hot bar gossip that I've not yet heard. <laughs> how did you not know it? Yeah, I don't that, know. And I like know that's Dan. How, that's how he got in the restaurant business. I mean it makes sense. I just didn't know that. I just yeah, know he was him a as. general manager. This is a perfect opportunity to tell you about episode forty three of the podcast with Dan Bush. Great episode. I highly recommend.
All right, back to it. Sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how it is for you, but for me, it's like sleeping is my favorite way to escape, procrastinate. Everything. Because you just shut everything down. Shut you don't everything have, down. You don't have to think about it. Yeah. Um, and the more I do it now, the more like I feel guilty about it. I'm just like, you just, like, I, I beat myself up over like you wasted your whole day. I'm like, I don't know yeah. if you do that, but I do that. I don't do it as much as I used to. And I think like therapy has kind of helped me with this too. Cause I've talked about it with my therapist, yeah. but she's like, it's just a day. Like, you know how many more days you're going to have? Yeah. Probably a lot unless something crazy traumatic happens. Yeah. I'm like, that's fair. Like I, she's like, it's okay to waste time. Like, yeah. Time's not really real anyways. <laughs> yeah. Like you want to get into some well, conspiracy theories? Do we want to start talking about the Matrix? <laughs> <laughs> another tangent? Do you want to get on another? Uh, yeah. But, no, I don't know. She's just like, don't beat yourself up like that. Because like, what? What's the point of it? Like, what? Well, yeah. Being, being so, yourself up over there's no point because well, it's already like, over. And I like the way that she like talks to me about things because she's just really direct. Like she doesn't like. You know how, like, sometimes there's cryptic therapists that, like, make you, like, figure it out? And she's like, yeah, Quinn's brain doesn't work like that. You just got to rip it off like a Band-Aid. Oh, I know. Because yeah. sometimes I like, get on her, I'm like, Carrie, you're being kind of rude. And she's like, okay, but are you going to take it in if I'm going to say it nicely? And I'm like, probably not. <laughs> yeah. I've developed that relationship with my OCD therapist who I am overdue to see. Because um, I had a... I don't know. My, I felt like I was overloading my OCD therapist with other stuff that wasn't related to OCD, and that's what she specializes in. Yeah. So I started seeing a different therapist for my depression and just general anxiety and just like confidence and self esteem stuff like that. And uh, I haven't been able to find. I found one good one. I really liked through BetterHelp. Uh, but it got to be pretty expensive and I was just like, ah. yeah, I couldn't justify it. Um, unfortunately, at least you didn't stop like looking for one though. I feel like it's a big part of people give you up. have to, a lot of people you're going to go up. through a lot of duds before you find the person that communicates with you the way yeah. that you need. I had a really, really good one in Iowa city. And if my insurance ever changes again, I will definitely go back and see him. Uh, I really liked him a lot. Um, but the problem is with me is I start going off on, yeah, I'll get super ADD with it and go off on so- certain things or I'll start like just shooting the shit with them and yeah. I can easily throw them off and I don't do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. I might subconsciously, but. Or I'll start like using humor to deflect, and mm-hmm. which I know you know all about that. <laughs> yeah, drives Carrie insane. She's yeah. like, "Stop that!" And I'm like, "I don't know what you're talking about." And she's like, "That's exactly what you're doing." <laughs> yeah, you're deflecting, and but, and my biggest thing is like 
So I see her every other week now. I used okay. to see her twice a week, actually, because I just had never really like clicked with a therapist like I did with her in the first session. And I'm like, I got a lot of shit I want to talk about. So mm-hmm. you're going to be seeing a lot of me. <laughs> but yeah. it was good. But now in, in person, right? Yeah. And so now that it's I'm not there as often just because I have way less to talk about. Yeah. I just keep like a notebook of things that I definitely want to talk about because I'm the same way. Like I'll just start talking about anything. And she's like, is this the best use of your money? <laughs> I'm going to start. I think I'm going to start journaling tomorrow. I've been talking to a friend about it and uh, I actually have a uh, friend of mine and I said I talked about it. I think I talked about it on my solo episode about a friend of mine that we're going to be accountability buddies and like holding each other accountable for stuff and um, being more goal oriented. And there's a lot of stuff we both want to get done and um, have some things in common that we want to get done and need to work on. And we have some things that are like, he's really good at and Mm -hmm. um, almost like I'm still trying to figure out like, what I'm bringing to the table here. Cause he's given me a lot of good info already, but, uh, yeah, he is someone that has a morning routine mm-hmm. that he developed not long ago in October. And that's something I've really wanted like to have. I think it would just help me wake up if I could figure out a routine that works for me. Cause I, just not a routine-oriented person, but Neither. I feel like if I could find one that works for me... Exactly. Then- and he has one. I'm not... And I don't know if I'll do it exactly the way he does it. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, everyone's... It's pretty simplified, though. It's like, he, you know... Um, I have it written down, but, like, you know, wake up. Uh, make He makes his bed every day, which I don't do. I do it really sloppily. It's not like a hotel bed every day, but I feel it better if I at least pull the covers up. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to get better about doing it. Um, I'll Not right away, though. I think that's a good... And psychologically, it makes sense. It's like you're already accomplishing something right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I'm like, if I can just pull the covers up, that's still like a check mark a in, my, it's a in my yeah, I, Yeah, it's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh shower and he makes coffee and then he does a to-do list every day he's like i don't always get everything done on the to-do list but i just make it making the list is already making the list is part of the to-do list (laughs) Mm -hmm. from the day before Mm -hmm. (laughs) basically is kind of how i described it but uh the to-do list itself is a big accomplishment and then he journals and he just writes whatever. And my grandma journals like a mad woman. It's crazy. She's like, when I die, you guys can go through them. I'm like, why can't I do it right now? Yeah. <laughs> like, why do I have to wait for yeah, you to die? Yeah, I want die? to talk to you about it. I know. And she's like, eh, it's just up to your interpretation. I'm like, grandma, you're so weird. Also, you're never going to die. <laughs> <laughs> How old your grandma? Do uh, you know? I think she's 76 this year. Yeah. My grandma just turned 84. She does not journal. As far as I know, if she does, she's low-key about it. My grandma's handwriting, though, it's like old lady cursive. So is mine. And so it's like hard to read, so. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So, yeah, like, because my dad and I talk about it. I'm like, and she's she's a therapist, actually. Oh. So that's why I'm like, I would love to read them. And she's like, you can have them when I die. And I'm like, ew. 
but also yes. she's still active yeah she like refuses to retire it keeps her mind sharp i think that makes sense mm-hmm. and she's like mobile i mean she's had a double hip replacement but she gets around just fine like she still has all of her wits about her and everything and she just loves doing it oh yeah and i also feel like she like almost would feel bad like leaving her clients you oh know? yeah she's had because she's had like clients that she's had for a really long time yeah that would be tough mm-hmm. and i mean obviously she's getting older like they know that there's gonna be a day when she's gonna retire but uh, she feels guilty about it i would too yeah that's one thing that i think about because i've thought about the therapy route and you know the responsibility you have you know mm-hmm. that's things all. that people don't want to tell anyone else but just you yeah it's crazy and you could like misinterpret something or say the wrong thing and totally screw somebody's life up like mm-hmm. well that's why a lot of them are so cryptic they're like you gotta figure it out type of person but like that's why i like mine like she's not telling me what to do but she's like she'll like stop me mid-sentence and she's like i'm telling you right now you're going about that all wrong and i'm like okay we'll restart <laughs> like yeah yeah there's different she, she just directs me better you know rather than like oh how did how do you feel about that yeah how does, that, how does that make you feel yeah that phrase hate it yeah oh man yeah yeah i don't know what type of yeah i would definitely want to be like the blunt therapist mm-hmm. like this is what it is this is where we're at what are you gonna do about it mm-hmm. it's a good question i think well yeah because she always like sets me up for the future rather than like thinking about things and how I felt in the moment and all this stuff. Cause she's like the way that I think about things is like, once it's happened, it happened. And I don't really think about it all that much anymore, mm-hmm. but she's like, okay, it happened. And that's how you felt. And that's great. And then like, now what are we doing? Yeah. Like, how are you going to prevent that from happening again? If it's something that was something I didn't like and like stuff like that. Yeah. What did you learn from that? How can, yeah, how yeah. Can we, like what steps we need to take to prevent it type of thing. Yeah. She just ask the right questions, the more direct questions. What do you feel like you talk about the most? Or is that too forward of a question? I don't know. It's like all over the place for me, but I feel like a lot of it is like my relationships with people, I guess, and like friendships and stuff. Yeah. Because I feel like, I mean, you've been in the service industry, like there's just a lot of like drama and cattiness and oh, like yeah. fakeness because we are all, we're all paid to be fake nice to anyone who walks in the door. And so that gets carried into friendships sometimes. Yeah. And you get like screwed over a lot because of it, you know? Yeah. Like I catch myself like making plans to hang out with people that I really truly don't care to hang out with. And I'm like, why am I doing that? Like, I don't need to hang out with everybody and be available to everybody, but I'm just like, my brain at this point is conditioned to just be fake. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I feel like I talked to her the most about lately. Anyways, setting boundaries too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a big one. Just focusing more on like myself and what's best for my brain i guess yeah not what's best for everybody for everybody else except <laughs> yeah. for me why am i putting myself last all like the weird time? why am i so miserable all the time <laughs> oh wait 
Well, and it was really the biggest thing was she asked me one of our first sessions. She's like, so what are your hobbies? And I literally like just stared at her and I was like, what? Um, work? Drinking? Sleeping? And she's like, wow. <laughs> so after that, I'm like, I need to definitely change some shit in my yeah. life. But... I think that's when I realized that I was doing everything for other people because I wasn't even doing anything for myself. Like, that's what hobbies are, things for yourself. Yeah. So what, have you implemented any hobbies? Um, I got back into knitting and reading. Oh, nice. I got as a knitting president club, or knitting club president at St. Ambrose. Oh. Yeah. Hell yeah. Real did, dorky over here. Did you start the club or was it I already did. a thing? I did. Oh, you started the club. With my psychology professor. She wanted to start a knitting club. I noticed her knitting in class one day. And I just like asked her what she was working on when I was leaving. And she was like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Do you knit? I've been wanting to start a club. And I'm like, let's just do it then. And she was like, hell yeah, I like this student. Where did you pick up knitting? Uh, my grandma, the one that journals. Yeah, my grandma. It's funny because she's left-handed, though, and, like, you use both hands, and I'm right-handed. So everything she did, I had to, like, do backwards. Because I tried to just learn left-handed, but I didn't have the dexterity in my fingers to really yeah. do it. And my so I just had to... so stupid. I know. It, just, it doesn't work. It's yeah. bad. It's, my brain's already too stressed out, and I can't worry about the yeah. left hand. <laughs> but so everything she did, I just mirrored. And then... um I didn't really like keep up with it because that was when I was in like middle school and like elementary school and middle school. And then um, in high school, when I moved to Wisconsin um, my junior year, I picked it up as like a stress thing. And I just like retaught myself on YouTube and I got really into it. So, reading, is there, do you like to read like novels or? Yeah, mostly like, um, like thrillers kind of or like more like Crime. mystery yeah yeah i had a short phase where i was into this into reading novels and like murder mysteries type of stuff and then i got out of it and my biggest problem is i'm such a slave to my phone mm. like I think that's why I like knitting and reading because I have to use both hands so like I can't be on my phone at the same time exactly you can't be on your phone while you're reading either, really. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you got to hold the book with both hands. Yeah. So, like, you can't even have your phone in your hand as a distraction. Exactly. Yeah. My biggest thing with reading is I struggle with, um, and I think it's an OCD thing for sure, is when I'm reading something, I will space out or I'll if I space out too much, I will be like, oh, I have to read this again. Oh, you have to go back and reread the paragraph like three times. I don't. Or or if, or if, I get stuck on my numbers thing, which happens. Mm -hmm. Or I'll have to read it three times or I'll have to read it four times or whatever the number is. Mm -hmm. It's usually an even number, not an odd number. Odd uh, numbers give me the ick. Yeah, yeah, don't ever say that again. <laughs> I knew it was gonna get under your skin. No. I could see your like veins popping out of your forehead. Yeah. We then led into talking about my OCD a little bit more and how it works with reading and how I feel like I have to overread and reread things. 
I get like that a little bit where I'm like, I don't think I read every single word in that paragraph, so I have to start. Or I don't over. think I absorbed anything I just read. Yeah. Well, I get like that, but it's only if I'm not into what I'm reading. Because I'm like very into reading, so I feel like I yeah. try to. I definitely did not realize it until I started seeing the psychiatrist I'm seeing now, which I've been seeing her for a couple of years. She's like, yeah, you're definitely ADD. Mm-hmm. I'm like, huh. That adds up. Yeah. I feel like I probably have some form of ADD, but also at the same time, I like focus on things like really hard and then block everything else out. So I don't know. I don't, I guess I don't know how ADD really works. I haven't been able to do that. It's like a spaz. (laughs) I haven't been able to do that for a long time. I think it's like the two things. I just realized that not too long ago that I haven't been able to like hyper, hyper focus on something. It usually hits me when I'm cleaning the toilet. <laughs> I have to like unscrew everything and like get really in there. Okay, that's why I think meditation is going to help me a lot. I'm trying to I'm trying to implement that. That's another part of the morning routine mm-hmm. is meditation or prayer or whatever you feel comfortable with or whatever. Um, and um, yeah, so I'm going to implement that too. Cause I've been wanting to do the do meditation and I've done it on and off for a while now, but I haven't been disciplined enough to do it daily. Yeah. Discipline. Oh boy. Mm. Discipline and motivation. My yeah. Two, discipline and motivation. My two Achilles heels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, I know It depends on the day for me. Like I ha- I'll have a few. I'll even have a few good days in a row where I'm like, I'm on it. Then I'll have that day where I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to do anything. I hate when that happens. I'll be like on a roll, and then I and will I walk I've, by one of those stupid doorknobs with the long doorknob, and like my like a uh, hoodie pocket or jeans loop will get caught on it and just ruins my entire day. throws off my mojo for the rest of the month, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know what you're I'm, saying. Yeah. I'm like, this is dumb. <laughs> oh, the hoodie pocket caught on something. That's the worst. It just like jerks you back. It's <laughs> just like <laughs> snaps you back into hate it. Yeah. But I've got, I'm a also night- very I've got a nighttime prone. routine. Like, you have a nighttime routine? Yeah, my nighttime routine. I, got I would down. like to have that too. He has that as well. So, But I'm like, mornings are just not my strong suit. Mornings have never been my strong suit. And I've talked to other people who are like, well, you know, some people just aren't morning people. I'm like, and then other people I've talked to, they're like, yeah, I mean, not everybody starts out as a morning person, but well, they can become one. And then but I also, also know people like, like get up at 530 and they start working out. And like, it's like... That sounds awesome. I'm or like, I'm like, yeah, I bet that feels great. In my but head. like, but like the when I open my eyes, the first thing I think is I'm closing my eyes again. Not I'm going to go to the gym. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to snooze some more. Yeah, yeah. but I don't know. I mean, when you think about it, like morning people and night people, like way way back, like you know when everything was way more simple and people were like sleeping outside and stuff. Like had to be people awake in case like a predator came. To wherever they're camped out you know like you gotta have night watch people too so like just naturally some people are nighttime people that is a good point if you go back to primal yeah mentality. very primal instincts we're gonna talk about the liver king now yeah <laughs> didn't think you all needed to hear my rant about the liver king and also our conversation about 
television seasons and episodes and shows that we watch or have watched. However, it did lead into something else. So back to it. Every show, there's always a season where you're like, "Mm." but there's only three seasons in the wire. I know, but still that second season, it was just slow. It wasn't bad. It was just like, well, and it's also an older show. I feel like now everything's got to be like, bang, bang, bang. This is what's happening. Fast moving. Keep people's attention. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're all crazy. Well, we all want that instant gratification. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the problem. With the phones and, uh, yeah, but if I could just, yeah, night routine would be good. I want to be, he does like a, it's a friend of mine in recovery and he does like an inventory of his day and like how he treated himself, how he treated other people and like reflects on his day like that. Like, Mm -hmm. and then, um think he might do i don't know if he does reading in the morning or if he does it at night but i do it at night and then i get mad if i fall asleep and like lose the page or whatever because ah, i drop the book yeah yeah it's the worst but it's better than in my mind better than me scrolling through facebook before i go to bed exactly i'm trying to get away from that it's tough Old i'm addicted habits. to social media i think bartending really did that for me i mean i definitely loved social media my whole life oh yeah but it's way worse now. You grew up in the, because you're a little bit younger than me, you grew up in the peak of it. We grew up, like, I remember in, like, my freshman year of high school is when Facebook, like, took off. Like, I had MySpace all through middle school, and then freshman year of high school, everyone got a Facebook. And so it's like everyone had to have one, you know, because high school, it's everything's important. What's What's Did- popular? It's important. Did you, you're too young for Zanga though. I remember it though. Zanga was on its way out yeah, when I was in like space. sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah. I find, I've tried so hard to find my Zanga. I can't remember what it is. It, it's out there and I want to find it. I never had one, but I do remember it. Because, oh my God, it would be embarrassing, but also probably I would come up with some good material just to roast myself because it was probably cringy as shit. Just go back through your old Facebook status updates. Oh, I do that. Yeah, yeah. Mine's a lot of little Wayne lyrics. That's respectable. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> <laughs> or like just some of the, the really dumb ones I do just share and roast myself. I'm like, Quinn, 12 years ago. I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen <laughs> no that. idea. Yeah. I've deleted some. Or like some of the like really cringy ones about like heartbreak and stuff from like being mm. a ninth grade. And I'm like, I wonder who that was about. It sounded like my life was about to end now. I don't even know who it was about. Yeah. yeah. Quinn and I may have been living in the same town at the time, but we actually did not meet each other in person. We met each other via the interweb. So here's a little background on that. And then, there's Facebook. I never got into Twitter. I still don't understand Twitter, I don't think. Oh. <laughs> I've gotten back into Twitter, which is weird. I remember following you on Twitter, but like I never really tweeted anything. That's how, that's had to be how you found Yeah. At this point, my cat wanted to be involved in the episode. Unfortunately, she cannot speak very well or speak when spoken to, so 
we transitioned into talking about depression. Obviously, you haven't been diagnosed with depression, but do you think, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a depression? Well, I mean, I feel like that comes with, like, I mean, obviously, I have abused alcohol as a bartender and, like, just, yeah, just, like, substance abuse in general. It kind of goes hand in hand with bartending, so that's sure does. that like depression comes with that too so i mean obviously i've dealt with it but i've never gotten like a clinical diagnosis you know yeah i feel like all those things go hand in hand so yeah i've experienced it before what about the you talked about social anxiety earlier so um you obviously struggle with that i mean i feel like everyone kind of has a little degree of social anxiety like mine's not like crippling obviously yeah but like bartending has helped me get out of that because it's just helped me be forced, forced to talk to, talk to, to somebody. Yeah, is it did it heighten uh, during COVID and then coming out of COVID? No, because I I never took any time off during COVID because I worked in a restaurant that oh. did carry out, so I was constantly still around people. It was the same like five people, but yeah, like my coworkers and stuff, but. I don't know. It would be different if I was one of those bartenders that didn't go out and get a different job that just like sat around for two months. Yeah. When we couldn't work. Were bartenders still getting paid somehow through like a... Unemployment. Unemployment. Yeah. yeah. And it was increased unemployment. Yeah. Because you got whatever and then the $600 a week also. A lot of us didn't want to go back. Especially me. I was working for cash and collecting unemployment. And I was like, I don't want to go back to bartending. I just want to keep working in this pizza kitchen and getting free money. Yeah. I'm like, you're telling me I can just sit back here and make people food and not have to deal with them? Yeah. But obviously, the unemployment doesn't last forever. Yeah. It lasted a while, though. A long time. Thank you for continuing to listen here. Like I said, there was a lot of edits this transition is into talking about communication. Yeah. I feel like it. COVID has messed with people's uh, communication skills and mm-hmm. just overall. And I feel like there was already an issue with like face-to-face communication. There was COVID already. has already made it way worse. Yeah. Like it's like twice as bad now. That's another thing. Another <laughs> I talked to Dana about this the other day. It's just like having more face-to-face interactions and more just like hanging out with people and just like not necessarily having activity to do, just hanging out and just shooting the shit, you know, Mm -hmm. like not having to do it like in a podcast format every time too. Like it's nice having the podcast because it gives me an excuse to do that with people. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's like phones down focus. Yeah. And if I don't talk to genuine interaction, if I don't have a genuine conversation with somebody at all, at least I'll have one Mm -hmm. a week, usually this week too, which is even better. (laughs) Um, it's cause I forced my way in here. Yeah. You literally broke my door down. Just harass you. (laughs) Let me come in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm seeing the benefits of doing this, not only for other people who enjoy listening to it, just for me in general. I mean, it's just something 
I know I need to keep doing for well, yeah, I mean, for me see, and for everybody that listens. I mean, but you like see and hear about people all the time that like have just completely become hermits because they haven't had to like interact with someone like face to face. Yeah, and I work from home, so I need. And that's what I'm talking about, like to get out. And just, like, like, okay, you're interacting with people, the grocery but, store, and yeah. It's like not every interaction should be through a screen. Like you need organic. I could easily too. turn my life into just never like leaving my house. Like, well, yeah, you can get anything delivered. You can contact delivered. anyone through like a phone or computer. Exactly. And I also like something I realize. Um, and I have I've noticed it for a while, but like, and I don't know if you have too but like you know i have my own place i own my own place i don't have a ton of space but you know i could have a couple people over we could just you know i have some board games or we could play cards or just hang out and like socialize like you've got a good backyard for hanging out in like, i do summertime. i have a, I have a fire pit mm-hmm. and i love Fires. I've always liked fires since I was a kid. I was a little pyro when I was a kid. <laughs> like that doesn't surprise me. You psycho. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Kill, I didn't kill any animals though. So that's that's good. I'm just gonna light things on fire. Just lit a lot of stuff on fire. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have. You know, I've worked hard to get to this point, and it's like why would I not share that experience with others? Like, and, uh, but part of it was like, Oh, my place isn't clean enough or it's too cluttery or, you know, I'd make up all these excuses or, you know, I'd have to put the cat away cause she doesn't like a lot of people mm-hmm. and can't stress her out. Talk myself out of it. And the cleaning up and tidying thing is like something that I used to freak out about all the time until I like sat down and thought about it. And I'm like, if my friend invites me over and their house isn't perfectly clean, I don't even think about it. Exactly. So like people aren't even thinking about my house if it's not up to my standard. Exactly. But my standards are pretty high for my house. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be like, I'll have someone over and we'll be having a random conversation. And I'll start like wiping something down because I feel like it. And they're like, will you just relax? And I'm like, can't. Yeah. Fel- felt like a crumb on the counter and now I got to wipe the whole thing down. Yeah. I think it's just like, yeah, with like cluttering and like, me- I have an issue with mail and I don't throw stuff away. Yeah. I'm kind of a pack rat a little bit. Like I, my mom's like, why are you attached to this bill from seven months ago that's been paid? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it either. And then it gets to be so much, it's like overwhelming. I also have like anxiety about mail sometimes. Like I'm afraid to open things. Ooh. Is that weird? (laughs) Like, because it's a bill or just... Well, no, because like the bills I know are coming. But if it's like a piece of mail that I'm not anticipating getting. And like, I don't don't know what I mean. Like when you know it, when you have no idea what it is. Yeah. I'm like, what could this possibly be? I don't know. Maybe my brain is just weird and always thinks I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm, Ooh, I like, yeah. Gives yeah. me anxiety. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> we got in trouble a good amount as a kid, right? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I was always in trouble. 
My mom was really strict, though. Yeah. Yeah, my parents were, pr- were pretty strict, but I also crossed the line and did a lot of dumb stuff. Um, mostly, like, just being a smartass. I got in tr- a lot of trouble, you know, trying to be the class clown, joking around. I got kicked out of class all the time. I would sneak out a lot because my parents would never really let me, like, go hang out with people. Oh, okay. So you're and sheltered so, a little bit. Yeah. And so I was like, I feel like I should be allowed to do more. And so then I just went to the extreme and would sneak out all the time. Okay. And then I got caught with that. And then my life was really on lockdown. I was like, that's really hard to do at Catholic school. What? Sneak out. Why? At least it wasn't my school. There was some, there was not many kids. Like, you'd easily notice someone being gone. No, I mean, like, in the middle of the night. Oh, that sneak out. Sorry. Yeah. Wrong sneak out. Yeah. No, not, like, skip class. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I knew a lot of friends that did that. Sneak out of the house. Yeah. My senior year, I definitely skipped almost every PE class, though. Because if you didn't show up to PE, all you had to do was write, like, a, like quick little like three paragraph essay about something that had to do with physical activity oh really i'm like i can whip that up so fast i'm a great writer oh me too i would have done that too so i would just sit down and write the week's worth of papers it's only like a couple paragraphs the only way i graduated the only reason i did well in school is writing Mm -hmm. i'm good at writing yeah me too i would like to write a book one day i'm not doing my stepdad's writing a book right now really it's like a memoir type of thing about his life he's been through a lot of crazy shit yeah i haven't gotten to the point of what i want to write about but i would like to write about write a book yeah i think i could make that happen yeah i was like looking through his notes he's got like a big whiteboard in his office Uh, he's a whiteboard guy yeah to just like organize all of his thoughts yeah and i was just looking at it and i was like he's been through like everything like he grew up in detroit had like eight brothers and sisters there's only uh. like five of them left because they're all like either got killed or like drug overdose or yeah. something and then um he decided he didn't want to do that anymore obviously it's dangerous and kind of a shitty way to live <laughs> and so he decided he wanted to be a, a doctor and like some sort of surgeon and then he like, had to apply to medical school, like, eight times. But he that's how bad he wanted it. Then he got um, drafted in the Vietnam War as mm. a doctor in the Vietnam War, which is pretty gruesome. Yeah. And so when he came back, he was like, I'm not being a regular surgeon. I'm being a plastic surgeon. That is easy. <laughs> yeah. And so and that's what he's been doing ever since. And then he just retired last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's wild. So he needed something to do, so he's writing a book. Mm-hmm. He got pretty sick of golf pretty quickly. He thought, like, he didn't have any, like, hobbies really other than golfing and, like, fishing. And um, he he's like, a golfing. What? Well, when you do it every day, and, like, you can only golf so many hours in a day. True. And so he, uh, yeah, he's like, I can't wait to be retired. All I'm going to do is golf. And then, like, after two months... He was like, "It's not enough." He's like, "This kind of sucks. I need to get some hobbies and figure out something Does else still to occupy golf? my time." Yeah, but he's like, "I can't be doing Just it." Do the yeah. yeah, he's gotten into pickleball. Ooh, I'm really good at pickleball. Not fast enough for tennis, but pickleball, I got. That. We definitely need to start playing pickleball. Then I I don't know anybody else that wants. To I want to join it. the league at um, Ruby's 
downtown okay. Davenport. They've got a pickleball league. They just started last year. I'm really good at hand hand eye coordination activities. I am not, but I pretend I am, and I enjoy it. So, okay, I'm done. I'm good enough at pickleball though. Yeah, I'm really good at ping pong. Tennis was too much for me. It's too fast. Ping yeah. pong's almost too fast for me. Badminton, great, very slow. <laughs> yeah. Badminton, I'm not bad at. Racquetball is terrifying. We used to have a gym teacher in uh, at Assumption who, he was like seven years old and he would smoke everyone at badminton. People would. It's all about the flick of the wrist. Challenge him. <laughs> yeah, he would just, he would know where you were going and he mm-hmm. would hit it the opposite way. And he well, just, he's a PE teacher. He's watched so many kids play badminton. He's like, I know how they think. I know how they're moving. He was just the goat. <laughs> <laughs> he was so good. I tried to play him one time, and I was like, I'm not even going to try to do this. this is, I embarrassed myself. <laughs> I was always really good at four square and kickball, too. Those were okay. like my like. Are you good at pool? Games. No. Um, I was also not good at geometry, which I feel like is a large part of pool. <laughs> like lining things up. Yeah. Um. Do you, you don't golf, right? No golf. I do putt putt golf and top golf. <laughs> Speaking of putt putt golf, oh, oh yeah, um, you heard about the new golf thing, right? And oh, like the top golf type of thing that they're putting in by the yeah, Netflix. Yeah, they're using like the same technology. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be awesome. Um, I'm excited. It's also like five minutes from my house. Hell yeah. Um, but uh. One thing I've always thought about that I've wanted to do, I've been thinking about it for the last probably three or four years, is design a mini golf course. Mm-hmm. Like I think that'd be so fun. A ridiculous mini golf course. Like, like uh, have you ever seen the show Holy Moly? No, but my friend was on it. On it? Yeah, my friend Matt Miller was on it. That's awesome. But yeah, like an ex- they're, they're extreme mini golf courses. I wouldn't say he's like a really good friend, but he's a comedy. Is mm-hmm. another comic that I've met. Oh my god, I I need to watch it just because I want to watch his episode. It's fun. Yeah, what's the concept? I know it's mini golf related, but what's like the? What it's is- just like there's like real life obstacles like coming at your body and stuff. Like it's like intense. Okay. And it's like insane like trick shots and stuff. And uh I don't know how he got to be on it. He's It's from- like wipeout and putt putt put together basically. It's hilarious. Okay. But it's still like doable. Like I feel like wipeout's designed to not be I forgot doable. what wipeout was. But, like the obstacle course where like the big red balls and oh, like yeah, the yeah. things coming out of the wall punching you and everything. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So like wipeout's designed to not be passable, but these are. It's just really intense mini golf. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, if anybody watches that show, watch the Matt Miller show um, episode. Um, I don't know. It was not that long ago that it aired. I know that. Um, that's his claim to fame so far. <laughs> Guest on Holy Moly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. Yeah. I got to find the episode. Where Where can you watch? Can you watch that? On? Uh, I have it on Hulu. Hulu? Yeah. Not Hulu Plus, just Hulu. Yeah, just plain Hulu. Okay, I'll find. I have Hulu. I'll find it on there. Um, 
Yeah, Matt Miller is a good guy. He's he's a goofball. Um, I know a guy whose family was on Family Feud. Oh, really? Yeah, he said it was terrifying. He's oh, like, really? Steve, he's like, Steve Harvey is just so big and so loud. <laughs> yeah. He seems like a good guy, though. <laughs> well, yeah, he's like, I had fun, but like, just his presence is intimidating because it's really intense. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'd be sweaty. Very sweaty. You had to be quick. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I just feel like I was saying the dumbest things, but it's because you're just like the whole like opulence of all of it. You're just. Yeah, you're being filmed, <laughs> all the lights. And- yeah, starstruck, basically. He's like, yeah, I just said some. He's like, I used to watch Family Feud to make fun of the dumb answers until no, I, <laughs> I was it. on it and I just froze up. Yeah, you're on the spot. I don't think anyone really needs to hear about different TV shows, things of that nature. So I cut that out. Like I said, this would have been a very long episode if I would have kept the whole thing. All right, back to it. We talked about some of the stuff you're working on, but what's something you're really hyper-focused on trying to get a better grasp on lately? Probably what I want to do with my life work-wise. Because like I said earlier, I'm already like noticing kinda, I'm on my way out of bartending. Like yeah. I know that's not a forever thing, and I'm starting to get burnt out. So, But I've never actually like sat down and thought about what I want to do. So, Well, you've talked to me about the whole coaching thing. Yeah, but you're kind of on the like, fence about I'm that. I'm just like not passionate about it enough. I don't think. Yeah, like I feel like once I like stumble across something, I'll just like know. I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to do. So I went to school to be a doctor, and look at how that turned out. <laughs> yeah, how far did you get? Uh, pretty pretty close to graduating. <laughs> Bachelor's. Yeah, have like I think eight credits left. Oh really? Yeah, like. I was so depressed. I was like, I hate school. I gotta gotta be done. And then I haven't gone back. So I was like going into their PT program oh, PT. at Ambrose. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good program. I've heard. Yeah, not for me. Wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you but, fa- you found out you were going to be touching people a lot. Yeah. yeah, it makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Yeah, it's the whole thing, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird because I try to explain it to people about the touching thing. And they're like, oh, you hug your friends all the time. And I was like, well, yeah, because I'm comfortable doing that. But I don't want to move someone else's body, especially if, like, they're not a person that I particularly like. Because you're going to have clients you don't like, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, it's inevitable. Yeah, that, yeah. That's the thing about and it's hard though because it's something that I think I'm gonna have to get over because like anything else like job or career wise that interests me involves like touching someone somehow like I really think that doing hair would be really interesting and I think I would really like that but I'd have to get over my fear of disappointing someone potentially with them not liking or loving their haircut and then also I'd have to be touching their hair so hmm. comes down to like how bad do I want whatever it is i guess yeah and same thing with like thought that being like a chiropractor or like massage therapist could be cool but i just don't think i'm like that hands-on of a person that's real hands-on yeah yeah because i think that it's interesting and like i think that the human body is really interesting but yeah i don't know i like the idea of it more probably just become a pe teacher 
so I can wear sweatpants every day. <laughs> I feel like I could teach only at a college level. I like little kids and little kids like me, but I think it's because we think about things the same way a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I can do like oh, I feel like I could do well like doing like a big brothers big sisters thing where like one on one and helping a kid out that way. But yeah, like a group of them. I just like the way kids like see things like exactly how they are. Yeah, yeah. Because that's like how I see things, kind of like I just. I would like to have a kid on the podcast, but I just that's. Want me to find you one? It's a weird (laughs) ask, you know. (laughs) <laughs> i can find you one <laughs> like hey get my nephew on here he's got a lot to say yeah mm-hmm. how old is he i think he's 11 that's not okay so like old enough to like old enough to talk have, and have conversations yeah. yeah his life's crazy the youngest guest i had on here was like 21 22 maybe be cool like to, to have, have someone like, like a high it. school level what? It'd be cool to have someone like a high school. Yeah. Level. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if my cousin Emma would do it or not. She also is like super down to earth and chill and like not like I was in high school. Um, hmm. Yeah, I imagine you being a little crazy like you said like class clown (laughs) just always got something smart to say always and i would you know love the attention that would get me you know well yeah you get a reaction out of all your classmates obviously it was huge never got me out of the friend zone though (laughs) (laughs) that's one of my favorite jokes um that is a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. It's so easy and it's so like relatable to a lot of people. They're like, because everybody, not everybody's been like frequently in the friend zone, but so you've been, most people have been in that situation in their life mm-hmm. um, where they really like somebody and that person is just like, nah. But I'll still be your friend though. I'm like, and then there's always those. I feel like that's sometimes even like worse. Sometimes like, don't, like, don't tease me like that. <laughs> sometimes it is. Um But then other times it's like I'm just happy to be around you, but sometimes I'm like it's too hard for me to hang out with you. Yeah. I get that. Alright, we're getting towards the end of the episode here where we talk about therapy. So how long have you been going to therapy? Um did you do it when you were younger? Mm-mm. No. It was right around the same time that I went and saw my doctor about my autism too. It was that I did that first. Okay. Um. Or you saw like ther- your regular doctor about that? Yeah, because I just didn't know who to yeah, go to, yeah, and yeah. so like the next time I had like a just a like regular checkup, I was just like, hey, how do I do? I have a little autism here. Yeah, it's like how do I get like a mental eval? Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't know if it's like ADD or yeah. like autism or like something else that's on the spectrum, but like there's something going on. Like I just feel like things should be clicking a little bit better for me at this age. And she's like, no, that's pretty normal. Yeah. But that's the thing about it is it has such a broad spectrum. Like, yeah. 
there's some like really low functioning people and some really high functioning people. So I'm like more on the high functioning end, obviously. But yeah, I feel like the whole world is learning more about that. Well, yeah, because it used to just be so black and white, like you said earlier. Yeah, just you were, you weren't. Tip. Yeah. I feel like everyone kind of to a degree has like some level. Yeah, I feel like you know, but it's like it's it's comforting knowing like where at on that level you fall, you know. Yeah, it's good to know um, like where where you stand or where mm-hmm. you, yeah makes you feel less lost. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So about two years then for therapy, yeah. And you're doing twice a week for how long? Mm. Here? No, that was like maybe six months. That's still. Then I just went to like once a week, yeah. just because I felt so much better already, just by like talking to her so much. But then I started kind of like once she was like up to speed with like my life and everything. Um, I cut it back because that was like when I got the diagnosis is when I cut back as well because I was like I already feel like so much better just knowing this about myself. And so then I went to once a week for like another six months, and now it's every two weeks. I just feel like the last year of my life, nothing's been super crazy. So Yeah. I also feel like that's when I started having a bunch of changes happening in my life, though. So it's like positive changes and stuff. What's some examples of that? Mm, just like distancing myself from like the toxicity or yeah. my, like my workplace and everything and i don't know i bought a house so i like yeah. want to take care of it and just stuff like that just more, like, you want to be more responsible yeah. i want to start acting more like an adult <laughs> yeah yeah we all get to that point where it's just like it's not that time yeah the party's over <laughs> yeah and it's like not even fun anymore. Like you're not even that interested in the party mm-hmm. part. It's like it's a Friday night, and I'm sitting on your couch at eleven fifty six p.m. <laughs> Good point. Wild, wild night drinking milk, <laughs> e- eating pizza. Uh, but shout out to Terrific Pizza though, because it is pretty terrific. Um, oh, that's good. Pretty impressed. Yeah, pepper- talk pepperoni to about mushroom. What? The good old pepperoni mushroom combo. Yeah, that's a good that's combo. Good. Need to talk to them about their marketing though, because more people need to know about them. Um They have punch cards. But they do have punch cards, which is <laughs> smart. I think every business should have some type of loyalty program. It is a good good idea. Laminated punch cards too. Also classy. Oh, that is nice. Very, very nice. I did tell them I'd be back, and the customer service was good. Appreciate that. Maybe I'll start doing pizza reviews. Well, that's the end of the episode with Quinn Sandberg. I appreciate you tuning in, and maybe I will do some pizza reviews, probably on my comedy page, though. So check out the comedy page, com. But in the meantime, be on the lookout for episodes every Monday of the Modern Day Overthinker podcast. Love you.